0: This morning, we're going to be in James 1. Uh, You probably saw that in the bulletin. If you got your Bible, you may want to flip over there. You might want to be able to look back at that. I'm going to look at a couple of different things, and you may want to be able to see the whole context. This sermon, Winning Over Temptation. Again, I'm going to remind you of things you already know, but I want to do that in a way that hopefully I am encouraging you, especially through the pen of James read with me if you would please starting at verse 12 blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him wonderful encouraging words yes what word do you think he uses for love there what word do you think it is it's agape, right? It is a decisional love. Is there emotion involved? Absolutely. But it's not an emotion-based love. It is, I choose to love you for your good, right? It's that chesed, uh, in in Hebrew. It's that covenantal kind of love that God has for us. When tempted, no one should say... God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. My dear brothers, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like sifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created and we're going to go back and we're going to we're going to mosey through those verses but let me ask you a question uh show of hands does anybody have any personal experience with temptation okay you can put your hands down Uh, I I don't particularly care to know in fact I probably already know because we're all tempted yes Oscar Wilde years ago, one of the funniest things he said I remember is him saying, I can withstand anything but temptation. We can see from these verses that there's two different kinds of testing that will come. The first is that idea of a trial, a trial. These things are designed by God. They're they're to help us grow. They're to help us to realize we can rely on him. And the second is temptations. Now, sometimes we get these confused, but they are two very different things. Trials come by God. Temptations are caused by Satan with a totally different purpose. The purpose is to separate us from God, to get us to sin. Now, as we start here in verse 12, you see that very first word there. Blessed is the man. That word blessed is the same word that Jesus uses back in Matthew 5. Matthew 5 is what? 5, 6, and 7, what? Sermon on the Mount, right? Good. In the very beginning there, he gives this list that we call the Beatitudes, right? Blessed is the one who. This is exactly the same word that Jesus uses there in Matthew 5. It's the idea of being happy, content, okay? Can we have joy when things are going wrong? Yes, we can. Why do we have joy when things are going wrong? Because even though joy may have an emotional component, it's based on what? It's based on knowing God and knowing Him. And knowing that our relationship with Him is as good as we can make it and He's going to take up the slack. And we can have joy in times of sorrow and suffering. This word, blessed, kind of has a lot of that same idea happy is it is not quite it but 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 it does come in there. Let me ask you this: does temptation bring happiness? Let's be honest, well, yes, it can, although it's temporary, yes, yes, okay, however. It'll bring even more happiness when we have withstood it and we realize that we grow from having withstood it, that we are maturing in our faith and realizing that our dependence on God can bring joy. See the connection here? When we say no to temptation... Friends, in a real way, we begin to actually live. Because the more we say no, the more freedom we gain from that temptation. James, in this little short section, gives us a five-point prescription for winning over temptation. First one there, be realistic. You notice he says, when tempted... What does it mean when he says when? What's the old phrase? It's not an if but a when. What's he saying? It will come. It's going to happen. Absolutely. It's not an if but a when. And friends, the closer we get to the Lord's return, the more temptations will come. Paul. Encourages us in this too. Over in 1 Corinthians 10.13. He says. No temptation has seized you. Except that which is common to man. Or mankind. Or humanity. In other words. Whatever you're being tempted by. You're not the only one. Everybody. Has gotten tempted. God calls us everybody to resist that temptation but temptation is part of the human condition why is that because God decided to give us what free will and friends you can't be free to make a choice unless there's something to choose between Being realistic about temptation also involves realizing that you do not have to go it alone. You can walk with Jesus. You can walk with God. But you know what else? You can walk with other people that are in this room. You can speak with counselors. You can speak with a friend. You can speak with a mentor. You can come speak with me. I have been tempted. I have given into temptation. I am not struggling with temptation. I am fighting against it. I am in the same boat you are in. Maybe we can strengthen each other. Amen? Amen. But talking with a trusted friend or a mentor can help to lift us out of temptation because I can tell you, secret sin really weighs us down and it gets a grip on us but let me tell you this it is not a sin to be tempted the sin is only in giving into it you remember what scripture tells us about jesus he says he is tempted in every way but what but was without sin you know where that comes from it comes from hebrews the temptation may be in the thought. One of the best things I've ever heard, and, and this isn't in my notes, but it just came to my mind, so I'm going to call it Holy Spirit leading. Um, one of the best things I ever heard about temptation was when we did uh, a weekend retreat in Virginia with a number of different churches, and the men went to the church camp, and in the darkness of, the, of that uh, wooded area... We talked about sexual sin. And we talked about what drives men. And many of the men that were there were willing to lean on each other and confess their temptation and confess their sin. But one of the best things I heard was one of the preachers saying that when, especially a man, when you look and you see a woman who's attractive, The thing to do is bounce. You bounce. Now, in today's parlance, bouncing might have you think about, you're going to get up and leave. Guess what? That's a good thing. But the big thing is bounce your eyes. Right? You can say, God, you did really, really good with that one, but I'm not going there. Okay? Okay? you can bounce off of temptation. It's not the thought, it's the action that comes out of it that becomes sinful. Keep that in mind. The temptation is the thought, the dwelling and acting on it can become sinful. So, be realistic. Two, be responsible. Oh, no, he used the real R word. Be responsible. In other words, don't blame other people for your temptations. In verse 13, uh, James writes, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Um. That that reads easy. We understand what that means. But there's a phrase here that's really, really hard to uh, actually translate. And it gets translated idiomatically. And here in the the NIV, this is not a bad translation. In fact, most English translations will do something very similar to this. And and, and that's okay for the context of what's there. But that word that's negated, the cannot, be tempted by... um, this word appears in Scripture only one time. Can you guess where it is? It's right here, okay. And 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 you really can't capture what that means in one English word. It's really kind of a difficult thing to translate. Um, this idea of cannot be tempted, he can't be tempted, so he doesn't tempt anybody else. Right. Th- that's that's an easy thing for us to understand. And that translation is good, but literally, literally the word is cannot possess. God cannot possess evil. Or he cannot inhabit or be inhabited by evil. Wait, hold it, Eric, are you telling me something, there's something that God can't do? Yeah, I believe that's exactly what James is saying. He cannot possess or be possessed by evil, cannot be inhabited by evil. Now, if that's the case, one thing we need to do is figure out what evil actually is. Now, have you seen examples of evil? Have you ever used that word? Yes. Have you ever used it for yourself? Probably not as much as we should. But I want you to think about it. Do you know what the true definition of evil is? It's very, very simple. It is anything other than the will of God. Now, that's not the way we use the word, is it? Now, we use it for the extreme, but friends, sin is sin. All sin is evil. All sin is against the will of God. So evil is simply anything that is against the will of God. And we commit evil any time we go against God's will. Now, you think about that. Why is it God cannot inhabit or be inhabited by evil? Because God cannot do anything against his own will. He will never act contrary to his will. He will never act contrary to what he has already revealed through his spirit through his word, through the pens of those who his spirit inspired to write the Holy Scriptures. He will not ever tempt you to do something that's inconsistent with what he has already said and done. And anything inconsistent with God's will is simply evil by definition now you can blame the devil you can blame the demons, you can blame your parents, you can blame your friends, you can blame other adults you can blame drugs you can blame a teacher you can blame rock and roll, country music, alcohol, whatever it is you want but You can't blame God for your temptations. That is an impossibility. Famous famous, uh, American humorist Will Rogers once said, History in America is marked by two great events. The passing of the buffalo and the passing of the buck. I'll let that sink in a second. James is correct when he says that practically all the problems we have in this life we bring on ourselves. So if you want to be free from temptation... Be responsible. Three. He also says to be ready. There at verse 14. But each one of us is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away enticed. Then after desire has conceived, gives birth to sin. Right? Don't be deceived, brothers. Just because things are going well? doesn't mean that everything is all right. Because you know what? Sometimes we're the most vulnerable after success. One of the most powerful depictions of Jesus I have ever seen, looking at that last week of his life, is a film that came out about 10 years ago, a little bit longer. You may have heard of it called The Passion of the Christ. Any of y'all hear that? Any of y'all watched that? I saw it in the theater. Anybody watched it more than once? Man, is it intense. It really brought to life the suffering that Jesus endured for me and for you it really pointed out the ugliness of our evil. As successful as that movie was, you know, it wasn't but a few months later, the tabloids were filled with Mel Gibson, the one who produced and directed that movie, with his antics as he fell into... Negative behavior on a high, and he fell. Bobby Leach. Bobby Leach is a name you probably don't know. He was the second person to ever go over Niagara Falls in a barrel and survived. If there's one thing you want to know about in life, you know, it's who goes over there and doesn't die, right? But you know what's interesting? You know what killed him? He slipped on an orange peel while he was over in New Zealand. And slipping on that orange peel, he broke his leg. The wound developed gangrene and he was dead within two months. Survived something that none of us are likely to ever try. Tripped up by something as small as an orange peel. You see, friends, it's not the size of the temptation. We can all slip up. Friend, the devil is consistent, and you are not ignorant of his ways. And we all fall sometimes but the way to get to heaven is when you fall you get back up you be responsible you be ready when it comes here between verses 14 and 16 we see a pattern okay starts with desire 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 is an inside job. It comes from our own obsessions. It comes from the things that Satan knows he can tempt us with. Our own obsessions lead us down a primrose path until it is controlling us. Desire brings on deception. Kind of the idea of like... um, a snare in a trap, right? Like an animal steps in a, in a, in a snare and it and snares him. How many of you guys fish in here? A number of you? A few of you? None of you? One in the back? Thanks, Alan. Can I get a witness? Oh, yes. And, and over here, yeah, yeah. Back when I was trying to learn how to fish, there's a couple of things that I got told by some very smart people. One of them is you can't catch fish in a swimming pool. Now, what can you learn from that? One, the pH of the water is wrong. If the water's not right for the fish, the fish aren't gonna be there. The other thing is, you know, big old Billy Bass? He's gotta have something to lean on. The water's way too clear. The water's got to be dingy, and there's nothing for that bass to lean against. So that ought to tell you what. You look for the right water conditions. You look for a stained water condition, and you look for things that the fish can lean against, right? Something else that I learned. You don't go after fish with a bare hook, right? That hook, that snare, is not what the fish is after. What they're after is whatever is enticing that that hook is buried and covered up by. Yes? What bait is Satan luring you with, my friend? Why Huxford, uh, one of my dad's Timothys that wound up following him uh, as a professor at Atlanta Christian College. And when my dad retired from teaching Greek, why well, actually the one who who took over his classes and taught there for, gosh, a number of years. Um, also was a, a preacher in the area uh, and executive director of a mission society for a period of time. One of the things I remember from Y. Huxford is this simple little metaphor. It's not the sharks that get you, but the minnows that are nibbling away. It's not the sharks that get you, but the minnows that are nibbling away at you. Deception. Next one, disobedience. Give birth to sin. Eddie Fine, um, fine preacher, educator, um, uh, preacher at um, Downtown Christian Church in Johnson City, was a mentor of mine. I, I worked with Eddie, and I learned a lot of good things from him. I remember Eddie saying that, what gets in your mind comes out in your actions. Is there truth to that? What goes in your mind comes out in your actions. You know, the advertising media knows this very well. I can remember one time I was lounging in a chair at my house, mindlessly watching TV, And you know what comes on? A commercial for Edie's ice cream. Now, I'm not saying Edie's ice cream is evil, but at the time, I was trying to um, lessen myself. Can Can I say that? And that commercial kept popping up over the next little bit. And before long... I noticed that a bowl had appeared sitting on my lap that had those little streaks of ice cream that are left after the big pieces are gone. You ever had a bowl and you looked at it and you saw that? And I'm like, where did that come from? Somehow, I absent mindedly made my way to the refrigerator and got me a bowl of ice cream. Oh, yeah, I ate it, but I didn't want it. Be ready. Desire, deception, disobedience leads to death. We know that, right? Romans 6.23, you can write it right there in your notes. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Now, the positive is the other half of that, right? But the gift of God is eternal life, which is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes? One who has undisputed possession of everything we are. But the wages of sin is death. We get that out of Scripture. Now, you see, friend, this is where that free will stuff comes in. As far as God's concerned, you are free to choose how you want to live. However, you are not free from the consequences of those choices. And if you think about consequence as a neutral word, good choices bring good consequences. Bad choices bring bad consequences. And our Lord in his unfailing love and desire to have a relationship with us made certain that we knew truth. Yes? Okay. Part of living by faith in Jesus means accepting the responsibility for our sin or to put it a different way for our not complying with the will of God. If we feel temptation, the problem is probably within our own inner desires. And it's a time to bounce. It's a time to move away. You know, the devil gets an awful lot of credit For what really belongs to our bad choices. Okay. Be ready. Be focused. Be focused. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. By the way, did you ever stop and think about that? That's a title for for God, right? Father of heavenly lights. What's he saying? The whole universe is here, is his. Yes? He is talking specifically about the creator. Yes? Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the creator. Look at his creation, who does not change like shifting shadows. And I want to remind you of Philippians 4.8. Paul writing, this is your memory verse for today. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things in context. You're a preacher, never to be humble, gospel according to Eric Evans, okay? What I see here and in context of the writing of Philippians, you know what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy? Do you know what that is? It's a picture of Christ. When it really comes down to it, Paul is saying, put your mind on Christ, stop focusing on the temptation and focus on your Redeemer, your Savior, your Lord. Paul also writes in Galatians 5.22, you guys know that, you can write that down. Galatians 5.22, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And get such things, what? There is no law. Oh, good. So it's a reminder verse this week. Good. Good, good, good. Thinking on the problem may or may not solve it. Oftentimes you get what you dwell on and it becomes bigger but if we refocus on the things of God we'll absolutely minimize that temptation so be focused number five be reborn verse 18 he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Well, there's a metaphor. There's another metaphor. The word of truth. You know what I thought about when I just was reading this back over. and to, Even this morning. The word of truth. Remember what John says about the word? In the beginning was. And the word was. With God. And the word was God. Is Paul talking about, I mean, is James talking about giving us birth through Jesus? Eric Evans' commentary, I believe that's exactly what he's saying. Yes? That we may be different than the world. One of the best ways to deal with temptation is to allow God to take over your life, to give yourself to him. He's already paid the price on the cross for you. He's given you free will. He doesn't want you to do it because he made you. But I can tell you this, his arms are big enough to bring you in and to handle your mess and help you get rid of it. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 writes this. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. In fact, I've already read that, yes? Let me give you the rest of the verse. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. For God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So I ask you again, my spiritual siblings, what's your weak spot? God knows it. Satan knows it. And you better be realistic about it. Paul reminds us that God is faithful. He cannot be anything else because anything else would be against his nature. I'm quoting a lot of dead people today. I'm going to quote one more. Martin Luther, one of the best things that I have seen from Martin Luther through the years is this very simple little metaphor. He said... You can't keep the birds from flying overhead, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. One way we can do that is by helping each other. We are here. We are in it. We are in it together. Amen? Amen. So, get into fellowship. Yes, with God, but also here. Lean on him. Lean on fellow Christians. There are several uh, opportunities for you to get involved with Christians here at ODCC. And as we grow, there will be more opportunities that will be coming. You know, our Bible school program. We've got two adult classes going on right now. One just started. Uh, Carl is doing an excellent job uh, talking about progressive Christianity please if you're not in Bible school that's a great place for you to come into fellowship Steve is doing a wonderful job working in the other class and working away through uh, first Peter um, but to a class form some deep friendships look for an accountability partner When there are small groups available, like Right Now Women, there are small groups going on. If you haven't gotten in there, this is a great time to jump in. Uh, Carol, is there space in the morning class? Um, Gina, is there space in the evening class? Always. Please. Please. Wednesday nights, we've been studying our way through John. We just took a break last week, so this is another great time to jump in. By the way, where we are right now, we are in those last couple of days of Jesus' life. John spends a lot of time focusing on that Passion Week, but we're at the point where we're in the upper room. And um, Easter's coming, yes? So this is a good time for us to be reflecting on those Scripture. Uh, Five thirty, we eat. Show up six o'clock. I'll get you out of here by seven thirty. So please come and be a part of that. Um, not only for you, but because you have something that you can contribute to the class that maybe I need to hear. That's a philis, that's a facilitated discussion. Okay, I don't I don't lecture. We learn from each other on Wednesday nights, uh, which brings me to this: get into the word. That's the whole purpose of doing doing James, that and for, I mean, doing John, that and so that as you tell people to start reading John and encouraging them in the Lord, you have a good schema, a good thoughts about that book, and you can help them work through it. But get into an attitude of prayer. You know, Paul tells us to, to pray without what? Without ceasing, without stopping, or pray continually to put it in a positive line, Crank up your devotional reading. Um, Maybe you don't like to read. That's okay. Bible's available on CD. If you got a phone, you got the Bible app on your phone, much of those English translations, you got a button you can push, and somebody famous will read it to you. Okay? There's also faithcomesbyhearing.com. You want it in a different language, faith come by hearing, faithcomesbyhearing.com. They will send you free virtually any language in the world for you to listen to the Bible. In fact, you're trying to learn Spanish. You're trying to learn Italian or French. Well, why don't you get a hold of a free copy of a Bible in that language? You can read it in English. You can listen to it it gets you more immersed in that language. Ha! Rosetta Stone, and your ability to bounce is going to get better. You'll become better equipped to fight temptation because you will be practicing with your sword, the sword of truth that will cut through temptation. And truly, set you free. Father God, we thank you for your servant James, for the wisdom that you gave him through his relationship with Christ and through your spirit as your spirit speaks through his pen. And Father, you know that... um, that we all need to be realistic about where our sin is and we need to be realistic with other people and realize that we are in the same boat as everybody else save for the cross, save for the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Father, where we fail you, we pray that you give us a second chance. Use us for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.